0: have this spiritual exercise that I do. Take some time of reflection. And I ask God for a theme for the upcoming year. And last year the word was the word was enlargement. And it was a year for us of 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 great growth. Personally in the Cookingham House and 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 for bridge builders as well. This year I got a word it was kind of strange so much strange, I, I kind of questioned God about it, but it was the word revolution. And so I asked God, I said, don't you mean New Year's resolution? And God said, no, Jay, I, I, I mean revolution. I mean, you need to have a revolution in your life. But not just for this year. For all of your life. Last, last week, God gave us a immense gift. He gave us a battle strategy that I think was easy to understand, easy to embrace, and easy to implement. You remember, it was he gave us. He told us to pray. He told us to proclaim. He told us to listen. He told us to do not fear, to not break down in fear. He told us to stand. He told us to worship, to worship before the battle, during the battle, and after the battle. Because what? The battle is not ours. It's the Lord's. And he told us to believe. And I said, "Okay, this is wonderful. You gave us this great gift. How do we? How does that battle strategy work with a revolution? How does it fit together?" You know me and my sermon. Perhaps sometimes it leads to strange places. So let's see if you. Uh, this is again another modern day psalm. Okay, it's not a biblical, not a scriptural psalm. But it is a psalm that was written in the 60s. And you might be knowing where I'm going with this, but let's see if you know this. You say you want a revolution. Well, you know, we all want to change the world. You tell me that it's evolution. Well, you know, we all want to change the world. But when you talk about destruction, you can count me out. Don't you know that uh, that it's going to be all right? All right. All right. The Beatles, of course. Probably one of the only songs I ever liked of the Beatles because I was a Bob Dylan fan. But I have a problem with this song, although I think God used it to to, to stir some things up in me. I I think there are many people in this world who don't know it's going to be all right. That a mere thought of a revolution scares the dickens out of them. Because there's lots of talks of revolution around the world right now. Lots of talk about revolution. Even in this country. And that, that line that says, when you talk about destruction, you can count me out. Well, I'm going to say today, I don't want to be counted out of that. Because I have a story to tell. Of a Redeemer who came and rescued me. And see, there are... Dark places, dark strongholds that need to be destroyed. So when it comes to destruction, I don't want to be counted out because I have a part to play in this, and so do you. Private Martin Tibble was a was a barber just before World War One broke out. He enlisted and died a year later. They found a diary on him, a journal on him, and this is what he wrote. America must win this war. Therefore, I will work, I will save, I will sacrifice, I will endure, I will fight cheerfully, and will do my utmost as if the issue of this whole struggle depended on me alone. Wow. Private Trepo was committed, he was all in, and he never picked up a gun. He was a courier. He delivered messages from one outpost to the next. But he answered that war. He joined that war because he believed in the cause and he believed it so much that he realized, you know, if it depended on me alone, I'm going to do whatever I can to win the war. See, revolution is about change. It's about being all in. The question is, are you ready for a revolution? One of the older meanings of the word revolution means an instance of great change in the affairs. And this was a definition that was used way before kind of the modern day thought about a revolution, about an upheaval, about a complete overthrow of a political system. But the old Latin meaning, the root word of, of revolution, actually means to turn around. To turn around. Does that sound like repentance to anyone? Mm -hmm. To turn around. So, the whole three meanings of that word revelation, I think, is sending a message to the church. And to us. To me. The whole idea that my heart needs a turnaround. That I need a different spin on things. Tonight, my heart needs to revolve around Father's heart. And what do we sing about a lot this morning? We sang a lot about his love. His love. Irma McMahon is one of my favorite authors, and he says this the God of light insists on traveling into dark places. The God of peace continuously involves himself into wars of men. The God who is good engages the depth of human evil. To follow Jesus is to enter the unknown, to relinquish security, and to exchange certainty for confidence in Him. I believe that we're called to a revolution that is going to go into dark places, that we are meant to go into dark places and to bring light, His light. And we need a revolution for ourselves and this is the kind of revolution I'm talking about. Can you go to the next slide, Revolution. There is a word in this word, revolution, that is probably the most powerful word in the world. Can you see it? Next one hides Isaac. Next one. It's the word love. But it's backwards. Because I think the condition of the human heart is that we have love all backwards. And we need to have it flipped around in our lives so that we understand love as God understands love. See, because we see things backwards. So when God says, love your enemies, we go, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. What? Because we have it backwards. And we need to have it flipped around by the Spirit of a holy God who loves us completely, so that we love like He does. This is the kind of revolution that we need. This kind of revolution that we need. What we need is a revu love show That's what we really need. We need a, a uprising in our hearts, an upheaval in our hearts that turns Like Christine was praying, there's there's areas of our heart that are still not completely surrendered to Him. They're not really completely into the light yet. We need that uprising so our heart changes so it starts to love like Father God. But at first it has to receive the love of God. We need a return. For those who have been traveling for Christ for a while here, we need a return to our first love. We need a desperate hunger and urge to return to our first love. Love. this morning can you remember can you remember the time the season, the day the moment that you said to Jesus I will follow you do you remember that day do you remember the feelings that it caused inside you do you remember how it changed the way that you walked the way that you talked, the way that you went through life do you remember that do you remember it distantly Fondly? Occasionally? God is calling us back to that moment. 52 years ago, I walked into a strange land called church. For me to go anywhere without my parents was, was rare. We weren't allowed to go and do stuff with anyone. So, when we moved next door to this family who were, who were Christians and they, and they invited me to, to, to a kids' church or a kids' crusade kind of thing, for my, parent, for my father to say yes to this was a miracle in itself. And for me just to go with a bunch of, a car full of strangers was very, 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 very rare at that moment. I'm seven years old. I'm traveling in a car to a strange land called Poughkeepsie. I lived in Hyde Park. And I walk into a building called a church for the very first time in my life. And I am overwhelmed with the sights and the sounds and the amount of people and everything that was going on. I walk into there and I hear these stories of a man who loves me. Love being a foreign word in my house. Growing up in an abuse home will do that to you. Love was a word we did not use and surely did not demonstrate. So I'm walking into this building full of people. There's games going on. There's music going on. There's all kinds of craziness, as you can imagine, a kid's crusade would be. It was wonderfully exciting, overwhelmingly sensory overload for me. But I was focused on this word "love. I was on it. I wanted to know what this word "love" actually meant, because I didn't even as a seven-year-old, I just didn't know what that word really meant. And I kept on talking about Jesus, this man who loved me so much that he died for me. I go, "Wait a minute. What does that even mean? He died for me. And then he died for my sins. So now wait a minute, I'm, I'm really, really blown away here. I'm a seven years old. I don't really have the concept of sin in my head. I don't know what that means. I understood what it means to do something wrong in my house and what I got, what got done to me when I did. Understood that, knew that, knew the line I had to walk. But this, my sins, what, what's this? And this man died for it. I What's going on here? And my my seven-year-old mind is trying to figure this out throughout this whole service. But what kept on drawing me in was this talk of love. We're getting to the point in the service when they have the altar call, when they're going to ask people to come down and give their lives to Jesus Christ. And I'm, and I'm still trying to figure this out. And they're saying, you know, would you like to meet Jesus? Would you love to meet Jesus tonight? Jesus is here. And I'm, I, I'm seven years old. I'm thinking he's in the next room. And they're just going to open the door. And Jesus is going to walk out. And I'm going to get to meet this guy. I'm, seriously, this is what I thought. I'm looking at this. There's a door over there on the, by the platform. And I'm saying, he's, it's gotta, that's got to be the door. He's going to come out. I'm going to meet this man. I'm going to actually going to be able to meet this man who said he loves me. I was blown away. Completely. Absolutely. Blown away. They say, if you want to meet Jesus, come on down. I came down to the front of that. And as best as a seven-year-old could do, I gave my heart, my life, and the promise to follow that man for the rest of my life. 52 years later, here's I am. I didn't understand the concept of sin. Didn't understand the concept of reconciliation or redemption. Didn't understand what sanctification meant. What justification meant. What drew me in was his love. And that's what he wants to proclaim over and over us, to us his great love. It is his love that draws us in. All the other things can be explained, all the things can be learned, all the things can, the Holy Spirit can teach us about this. But the revolution that he wanted me to join way back then was a revolution of love. There can be no revolution without love. There could be no permanent change without love. So 52 years ago, it was love that drew me in. Not understanding any of it, but understanding that that love was true, that love was sincere, it was real, and it would made my life different from that point on. And that's the kind of revolution that God wants in our hearts and minds. So to, to go back to that first time. Or to have that first time. Today. The opportunity to to be, to be invited into this great, great journey with God. To know His heart. To know His purposes. To know His what? Freedom. And not just from sin. Freedom to become everything that He's always wanted us to be. The person that we've always dreamt of being. The person that we've always wanted to be. He's here to make us free to do that. Amen. Amen. So, if you would, go to John 15. Book of John, chapter 15. I want to start reading in verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so has I loved you. Abide in my love, and if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and I abide in his love. Now I speak these things to you that your joy might be that my joy might be in you, and that your joy might be full. And this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. In chapter I mean verse thirteen is what I want to concentrate on today. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. That is the theme of a revolution. Right there. Greater love... Have no one in this that someone laid down his life for his friends. Salvation is the love strategy of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. There was a three-pronged attack against the enemy for the battle for our souls. God was all in. Every part of Him was in on this fight. And it's still in on this fight. The battle is the Lord's and not ours. And I love the heart of Jesus here when He talks about His love for the Father. So much so that He was able to lay down His life for His friends. It was love. It was love. It was all about love. I want to take apart this verse for you. Take the word greater. Greater. That word means stronger and larger. Stronger and larger. So we have greater, stronger, larger love. That word love here is agape. God's love. The way God loves us. But one of the deeper meanings of agape is is just beautiful. It means a love feast. A love feast. He prepares a table in the presence of my enemies. Remember last week we talked about, you know, here Jehoshaphat was surrounded by the, these armies. And God just said, don't worry about that. <laughs> I've got this. And we talked about that general. said, you know, they're before us. They're behind us. They're on their left. They're on their right. They can't get away this time. This is what they're saying. This is God saying, you know, well, I'm going to, my love is so great for you. We're going to have a love feast together. You're going to be able to rest in the presence uh, even of your darkest enemies. That's okay. It's all going to be good because I got the battle. I've got it. So we got a greater love, a stronger love, a larger love, a agape love. love by God has no one, has no one. That word means not even one, not even one. Only God greater, stronger love, agape love, the kind of love that God loves us with, with, that has no one, not even one, than this, that someone lay down. Bow down. Commit to. He voluntarily laid down his life, but he was committed to this. This was a plan. This was a purpose. This was intentional. This wasn't accidental. This was something that God had intended to do to redeem His people. So greater, stronger, larger love, agape love, the kind of love that God loves us with, a love peace, has no one, not even one, than this, that someone lay down his life, bow down, set low, commit his life. That word means the breath of life. The kind of life that God breathed into Adam. The breath of life that animated a man from the dirt. This is what Jesus does for us. He breathes new life into us. Love breathes new life into us. This is a powerful scripture here. This is a powerful scripture here. Greater, stronger, larger love, agape, the kind of love that God loves us with. A love piece has no one, not even one than this, that someone lay down their life, lay low, commit to set low his life, the breath of life for his friends. His dear ones. His absolutely dear ones. This is a very personal God who takes his salvation personal. Remember that's why we said that's why the battle is the Lord's because he takes it personal when the enemy comes against his children, against his sons and daughters that he takes this fight very personal it's because of his love it's because of his great love for us what a revolution that he wants to give us that we start to love like Him, see life through His eyes. So my question is, are you ready for a revolution this morning? Are you ready for an infusion of greater love? Are you ready for a love so powerful that it will revolutionize every decision, every step, every choice, and everywhere you go? That it would determine where your heart goes. Are you ready for that kind of love this morning? That kind of love that revolutionizes every thought. Are you ready for it? God wants to give it to us. He wants to revolutionize our hearts. Because we need to have maximum impact on the world around us. And people ask for proof of this. Romans 5 8 says this, but God proves his own love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Seven year old boy did not understand the concept of reconciliation with God. Didn't understand the concept of sin. But he understood that God loved him. It didn't matter what he was looking like, smelt like, came from how broken he was, how abused he was. He understood that God loved him. And I still understand that. You know, one of the greatest, greatest songs in the world, and I wish we could just kind of sung it today, and I almost broke out on it. Please forgive me for not being bold. Here's the greatest theological song in the world. There is no more, in my mind, no other song that depicts the love of God so beautifully Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. That's it. That's the Gospel. If you never remember anything else I say, (laughs) Jesus loves me, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to Him belong. They are weak. He is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Wow. It's true true so uh, if we want a revolution we have to look at the cross we have to look at the cross affects every aspect of our life what he did on the cross for us so if we want a revolution that can you can you imagine this morning if your prayer life was so revolutionized what a difference it would make in your life. If the way we listened to God, if the way we stood in the promises of God, if the way we didn't break down in fear but had courageous faith in God, imagining. Worship, revolutionized by love, impacted by His love, how free will we be in worship? Imagine that how we would worship before a battle, during a battle, and after the battle. How different it would look if our worship was revolutionized by His love. And imagine how we would be set free to believe Him if we were revolutionized by His love. That is the greater love that we're talking about today. No greater love than that. No greater freedom than that. No greater redemption than that. No greater grace. Add every word that you want to add onto that. No greater. There's nothing greater than God. No, nothing greater than His love. Nothing greater than His freedom. And we have that opportunity today. Are you ready for a revolution? Because God's ready. God's ready to give us a, that revolution of our heart, so we turn around. That we revolve around Him. I do have a caution for you today, this morning, though. If you do want to join a revolution... Are you ready for the cost? Because it will cost you. And if you've been paying attention, it's already cost you. Now what we have to gain by joining this revolution, by allowing God to have impart this love, this greater love into us, what we gain is so much more than it cost us. But it is going to cost you. See, because the Father is going to come and He's going to ask you to give up things. He's going to ask you to change things. He's going to make opportunities for you to, to choose a different way. All that is good. Because in each one of those things is freedom. Each one of those things is kind of desires of our heart, but we've been afraid to go there. We've been breaking down in fear because of them. The Father wants us to ask us to do different things. Make different choices. Different decisions. And that does cost for you to do so. Scriptures say, if anyone wants to be my disciples, let them count the cost. See, the only thing that God wants us to carry every day is the cross, the cross that He gives us to carry? That's the life of a revolutionary. Is to completely, like Private Tigro did. I am all in on this, and if, if it depended on me, I'm going to make sure that I'm all in and do my part. That's the kind of revolutionary heart we need to be all in, to be like Jesus' revolutionary heart. Who said, I lay down my life for my sheep. Gladly, willingly, purposely surrender to the call of the King. I want to be a revolutionary today. How about it? Do you want to join a revolution this morning? Father, we come to you and we ask you that you would move our heart in such a way That we'd be willing to surrender to greater love, to greater things. Have your way with us this morning. Begin to work in our hearts, Lord, so as we go through this exploration, you would impress your great love on us. We want to follow you more closely, we want to obey you more quickly. You want to surrender completely. So we do. We make a proclamation that we surrender to you. All to you we surrender. We make a proclamation, Father, that we want to be listening with such an ear, so tuned to you that we would quickly obey where you asked us to go and what to do. We want to stand our ground, be firm in our faith, and we need you to do that for us. We want to be able to, to worship you free and uncumbered by all our doubts and fears and anxieties. We want to we just want to worship you because you are worthy of love and worship. And we will so want to believe with everything that we have. So, Father, I ask that you would stir up a revolution in our hearts, that we would go back to our first love. Embrace it. And let that be a spark of fire that burns throughout and consumes us and makes us more like your Son. Now, bless all that are here this morning. Give them the peace that they need, the security that they need, the bless them in their finances. I bless them in their relationships. I bless them wherever they walk. That You would speak to their hearts, their minds, and their spirits. Draw them to Yourself with Your great love. And that they would leave this place hungering for more of You. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.